0: being born in the early 1970s i was at the perfect age when in 1977 george lucas's star wars were were released i went to see it with my dad and my best friend it changed my world for at least the next six to seven years an especially vivid memory was trick-or-treating one halloween when my best friend my dad and i decided to go with star wars inspired costumes i'll tell you what we wore coming up next
1: Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to the inner life with Patrick Conley.
0: Welcome to the inner life. So glad you could join us for this hour of on-air and online spiritual direction. I'm Patrick Conley. As I was saying, this particular Halloween in our small Wisconsin town, it's probably, I don't know, 1978 or so. My best friend and I wanted to dress up as characters from Star Wars. It took a lot of creativity from our mothers and a little help from a commercially produced cheap plastic mask. But I ended up with a decent Stormtrooper costume. And my friend made a rather impressive Jawa. Not to be outdone and also demonstrating his fatherly support for our friendship, my dad, who was a well-respected physician in our town, chaperoned us through the neighborhood dressed as none other than Darth Vader himself. It all makes for just a fantastic memory. And even to this day, I still have the actual photograph my mother took of the three of us so dressed up. Well, my friend and I, you know, we spent many hours together through childhood. When not playing with our Star Wars ships and action figures, we'd be engrossed in the Atari 2600 or outside playing catch, baseball, or wiffle ball, just riding our bikes around the neighborhood. Though I have many memories, I also credit my friend with painting one of the first impressions I had of Catholics and the Catholic Church. I mean, we hung out all the time, but I knew that Wednesday evenings were off-limits, because he always went to what he called catechism class. We'd have an occasional conversation about God as boys, and though we came from different Christian traditions, our childhood affection for one another helped me to be open to whatever it was that the Catholics thought and taught. The companions that God places with us on our earthly journeys, they influence us. As we are created as relationally receptive creatures, we're constantly taking in cues from those around us, for better or for worse. What's more, God never intended your journey of faith to be done solo. He's given us numerous gifts in family, in parish, and in our friends. Today here on The Inner Life, we're talking about the gift of friendship. And here to help us along is our spiritual director for the hour, Father John Eckert. Father Eckert is the pastor of Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Salisbury, North Carolina. Welcome, Father. Glad to have you with us. Patrick, it's great to be back with you again. Yeah, excellent. So, just l- starting a little bit on the lighter note here, Father. Uh, so,
1: any particular childhood friendship memories that you have? I do. I've got so many, and I'll tell you, you talking about both Star Wars and Halloween. I I didn't expect that coming out of the gate. That that's pretty exciting <laughs> stuff. I mean, my my instant memories are trick or treating with uh, with my siblings and my parents dressed up as the Flintstones. Nice. Or uh, and like childhood memories, uh, you know, and obviously my siblings still to this day, uh, some of the most important people in my life. As you said, we're not supposed to go through this solo. Um, the other childhood memory that comes right to mind, uh, my best friend in high school and college uh, is now a Jesuit priest. We discerned kind of together, visited seminary in high school together. Um, and as high schoolers, it was just... Too intimidating. It was clearly not where we were called at the moment, and uh, mm. the two of us ended up being roommates at St. Louis University. Enjoyed each other's company there, good friends there, in the same fraternity there. And then I ended up going diocesan, and he went Jesuit. And now he is the principal of Rockhurst Catholic High School, Jesuit Catholic High School in wow. Kansas City, Missouri. So it's just it. you know to to have you know those sort of people in your life. Um, like you said, we're not supposed to go through life solo, and the greatest treasures um, that our Lord gives us are, are relational. I mean his mm-hmm. own relationship with us and the relationships of our brothers and sisters in Christ.
0: And, and there's just something about that, specifically as you're speaking, Father, about the uh, you know the evolution of the call that you share together with others. I know equally for me, um, when I was in a seminary for a Protestant tradition, that's where I met two really good friends of mine as well, and they, together, we all, three of us, discerned the Catholic Church, and in fact, we're all now in the Catholic Church, we're all Catholics, and uh, one of those is a uh, is a Dominican priest, so you never know where, <laughs> where these yeah. things are going to lead, and it's just such an exciting adventure. But there's something, maybe just reflect a little bit, Father, for us on the richness of being able to do that, with somebody with whom you, you share, you know, you share a, a life, you share commonality, you share affection for one another, friendship, that sort of thing. There's something that's kind of points toward our relational God in that,
1: isn't there? Absolutely. And I would just say, you know, at the heart of it all, it's the beauty that life is not a zero sum game, you know, that mm. we're not in competition with each other. It's not like, well, you're doing better. So therefore I'm doing worse. You know, like you said, it's, we're not called to go through this solo and our Lord has different vocations for all of us. Um, just back, you know, so as I referenced, you know, my siblings, right? So growing up, you know, typical siblings, you know, got along sometimes, didn't get along sometimes. Uh, but as we've grown up, getting to see the wonderful spouses and parents that they have become and that they've brought new friends into the world. I'm, I'm blessed to be an uncle of many nieces and nephews at this nice. point. And, you know, to see the way that they live their faith, the way, you know, that, that they have become awesome parents in their own particular way, you know, it enriches me as a priest. I hope my priesthood enriches them as parents, um, that we all— Get to see the you know just the love of God lived out um, in the way you know that's done. And once again, we're not called to do it in a solo way. My life is not about how can I get more accomplishments for me. You know, it's uh, we hear all the time about you know like honor, pleasure, power, all these things. They're all passing. You know, it's like yeah. but to look at the gift of friendship. And how it flows out from the very heart of our Trinitarian God, as we just Mm. celebrated this past Sunday in the solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity, that God loves us; He's He's like just radically in love with all of us, and wants our fulfillment and flourishing. And once that, you know, in this, in 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 so far as you know, we are created in His image and likeness; that we are made for relationship, and that. The more we can grow in those relationships with others, the richer our life is. I mean, it's just, it's the beauty of, of love. You know, it's like the more you enter into that, the more... You appreciate these people that our Lord has put in your life, I mean, just the richer and richer life becomes. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. And I'm glad you brought up the whole concept of love there too, Father, because obviously that's at the core of it, whether we're talking about the love between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, or whether we're talking about our participation in that. Now, sadly, a lot of times our society, uh, they will portray love as strictly a romantic and even sexualized type of love, Um, in the Eros realm, I suppose, but uh, doesn't necessarily engage much with, um, to a a degree, I think this is there, but uh, you have to search for it. But to what Jesus himself said, right, that greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And so there's something, I mean, just there's something uh, just so profound about the love that we are called to share with our friends it that uh, is a bit different than the romantic love that we see kind of glorified in our society.
1: Of course. And I mean, and obviously, I mean, Eros, the erotic love, that's an important thing. I mean, as sure. I mentioned, my, you know, my spouses who are married and, or my my spouses, my siblings who are married, who have their spouses and the love that they have has brought this wonderful new life into the world. It's a good thing. And it's a good thing when it's carried out in the right way. Um, you know, between a man and a woman who are married, you know, and and to be able to lay down their lives for one another, it's a beautiful type of love. But as we see, I mean, like I, I'm a celibate, you know, I'm, I've given my whole life to Christ and his church and to his people, and I am not an unhappy person. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. I have given up that particular type of love, But I just pray that, you know, like our Lord takes that, that eros, that, that energy for creating new life and makes it agape, you know, the, the self sacrificing love, the love that you were just describing that our Lord talks about at the Last Supper. Because ultimately, all love is geared toward that, that, that self sacrificing aspect, not being possessive of the other person, but being Christ like ultimately leads towards our happiness. And what does it mean to be Christ-like? Well, he showed us laying down his life on the cross. And whether that is a husband laying down his his life for his wife and wife laying down her life for the, for her husband, whether that's, you know, priest laying down his life for Christ and his church, I mean, we're all called to, you know, to self-sacrifice. And in that type of love that our Lord tells us about, it's in that that we find absolute joy and fulfillment i mean it's selfishness that closes us off it's christ-like selflessness that leads towards everlasting happiness and it's just it's such a beautiful gift and like you said unfortunately like our society is so hung up on just the sexual but you see the way that that just disintegrates and turns into just absurdity. I mean, look at what's going on out in LA with the Dodgers and you know right. and so many things happening during this month and we don't have to go into all that. but it's you know at the end of the day, it's like our Lord has given us the great gift of friendship with himself, with one another, and to have that kind of pure love and self-sacrifice. I mean it's to begin to experience heaven on earth.
0: Amen. Our spiritual director today, Father John Eckert, pastor of Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Salisbury, North Carolina, as we're talking about spiritual friendship. What are what are the friends that have made a difference in your life? Do you have a particular friend or group of friends that have really boosted your life of faith? Maybe it's a friend or friends who have contributed to your conversion or reversion to the Catholic Church. Give us a call and tell us about the friendship that you share with these folks, 888 Again, eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. Or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We want to give testimonies to the meaningful friendships that we've had in our lives that have pushed us deeper into relationship with our God, who, as Father has said, is love. Father, as we're continuing to contemplate this, I, mean, I think... Um, the catechism for instance tells us that we that it's not just friendship with one another and you said that all love points to this this divine love um and all love participates in that to a degree i suppose so um but we are actually created according to the catechism for friendship with god what is that and what does that look like
1: that that that's a great question and it's something we can spend the rest of eternity contemplating I mean it's 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 so incredibly know we're created in the image and likeness of God as we know from the book of Genesis but as we look to you know the incarnation God himself becoming one of us the second person the most holy trinity Becoming incarnate in the womb of our Blessed Mother, you know, being born at Christmas, living his life, his public ministry, and going right to, I think, one of the just central mysteries of our faith, going to the Last Supper. And I would just say, if you ever want some just like good extended time on our Lord himself explaining relationship with us and with, with our Heavenly Father, um read John chapters 13 to 17 the last supper discourse which begins having loved his own in the world he loved them till the end i mean you think about that it's it's mere hours before he's going to lay down his life for us on the cross and what does he do you know he gives us himself in the blessed sacrament he gives us those great words you've already referenced about no greater love has anyone than to lay down his life for his friends he shows us how to do it And the very fact that he's here showing us how to do it uh, represents the fact that God loves us. And that's one of those phrases that we can just sort of say so quickly. And it's like it's a Hallmark card and like, yeah, yeah, that's nice, Father. I know. It's like, but do you? I mean, do I? Um, You know, to think about just how radically he wants to be in our lives wants to be a part of everything i mean he is our our father god almighty you know he doesn't like he he, within the trinity i mean he's totally taken care of in himself but god so loves that he wants to share that love and wants our joy to be complete as he says once again throughout the the last supper discourse um he wants his love to be in us he is radically unselfish, let's just say, like just totally outpouring, and wants us to enter into that. If I have just a couple more moments. I would just say, you know, here we are in between the Solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity. We're coming up on the Solemnity of Corpus Christi, the body and blood of Christ, right? right? And I was really blessed this year to have First Communion for my parish on Saturday, May 6th. And then I had to hop a plane to get up to Iowa for the first communion of my nephew, Owen. And in my homily at my own parish at Sacred Heart at our first communion, I told them that the kiddos in the midst of the homily, like, I wish I could go to every one of your parties. I wish that I could be there with you and hear about how amazing it was to receive first communion, just to spend time with you, time with your family, to be with you. But I can't, I'm one guy and I need to get up to Iowa to be with my buddy Owen and mm-hmm. be there for his first communion and I gotta go. And I'm limited, I'm in time, I'm one guy. You think about the just the awesome miracle and radical outpouring of love of Jesus Christ. You know, In the midst of his public ministry, he said, you know, how great is his anguish until his hour has come, that he wants to set the world on fire that he knows how to give every one of us his friendship, his presence, really and truly body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. Like he wants to be there with you and makes that available. So in the way, like I can't be there personally with every single parishioner, like he uses me as a priest as a mediator to make that happen in the sacraments but still like I can only just kind of participate in my limited way but like he knows how to be there with all of us and wants to be and it's just yeah. such an awesome mystery. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's you're hitting right on where my heart was going with this too, Father. I I think in one sense it's it might be hard to believe that we are created for friendship with God, but What's an even greater mystery or just unfathomable to me is that God wants to be friends with us.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. You know, he who is perfect in himself. That's how the whole catechism starts. You know, that he is perfect in himself and in need of nothing. And yet, uh, out of his eternal goodness and his, uh, his nature as love, he creates such great things to talk about when we're talking about spiritual friendship. Let's take a quick phone call before we need to take a break here. Albert is calling in from Whittier, California. Albert, thanks for calling in.
2: Hi, uh, thank you. You know, I was just driving to work. I heard it about spiritual friendships, and and I just thought I had to call. But I I was getting back into my Catholic faith, and I thought I was going in the right path. And it wasn't until I came across a group uh, at Whittier, the Assumption, uh, Saint Mary's of the Assumption in Whittier Church, uh, the the Catholic Men's Group there. I I became involved with it, and they were just great people, and then a group of us at the Exodus 90 uh, program, and, and we called ourselves the domicine Fraternity, and it's just that that, that bonding, that, that fraternity, it's just important to help always keep you on track, and, and it's to me, it's just been a, a great group of people that are always there and always answer when you feel like you're going off the trails, so I just wanted to share that.
1: Albert, that's a wonderful insight, and you're absolutely right. I mean, when you have other, you know, especially men, you know, like going through Exodus 90 with those guys, that's uh, it sounds like an awesome fraternity. But yet, to be able to share not only joys, but struggles with other guys, I mean, that makes all the difference in the world. I mean, I I absolutely love being a priest. And one of the things I'll say, though, I miss the seminary when I lived with— you 160 other guys who are discerning the same thing. And I remember at different times when there were struggles and difficulties. Like I remember one evening vividly where I was just, you know, it's like discerning the call to celibacy is not an easy one. And there are times where, you know, it's just it's it's a hard thing and you just feel overwhelmed by it. And I remember going down to our pub and just kind of being down and one of the guys kind of saying like, what's going on? And, uh, you know, I'm just talking to him about that and just my struggles. And he's like, yeah, I'm going through the same thing. And the thing was, it was like, it's not like he took the struggle away, but the very fact that I knew one of my brothers was going through the same thing, it made it more bearable. It made it, you know, it's like, okay, like I can bear this cross. I don't have to do it by myself. And so it's like, you look at something like Exodus 90 and, you know, I mean, cold showers and, you know, and, and, and no, uh, no beer for 90 days. That's not easy. That's tough stuff. And God bless you for doing it, but to be able to realize the greater gifts of, of friendship. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's a huge gift. So Albert, thank you for sharing that.
0: Yeah. Thank you for that, Albert. And shout out to all the good work that the Lord is doing there in Whittier, California. So thank you for that as well. And, uh, father, you know, you're talking about bearing one another's burdens and you know what St. Paul says about that. This is Galatians. He says, well, then you're fulfilling in doing that. You're fulfilling the law of Christ. And what is the law of Christ? Love one another as I have loved you. Right. And so it's, Absolutely. it all ties together here, folks, is when we're talking about spiritual friendship with our spiritual director, father, John Eckerd. Father Eckerd is the pastor of Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Salisbury, North Carolina. Who was somebody in your life who has really played an important role in your development in faith? Maybe leading you to the church in the first place. Maybe con- you know playing a role in your conversion to the Catholic Church. Maybe reverting or coming back to the Catholic faith, or just bearing burdens as we were just talking about. Give them a shout out today on the program triple eight nine one four nine one four nine again eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine as we are extolling the virtues of the gift of friendship we need to take a short break here on the inner life but we'll be back with more on friendship right after this this hour sponsored by ave maria mutual funds where financial goals are aligned with pro-life values and fund decisions are based on investment fundamentals designed to preserve and grow wealth without violating moral beliefs more information at ave maria <laughs> Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and RelevantRadio.com and the Relevant Radio app. My name is Patrick Conley. Our spiritual director today is Father John Eckert, the pastor of Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Salisbury, North Carolina. And we are talking about spiritual friendship. What is it? What roles have friends played in your life of faith? How have they helped you along and borne your burdens? Or how have you borne burdens for them? Love to hear the role that your spiritual friendships have played in your building up of the life of the faith so triple eight nine one four nine one four nine is our phone number eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine, or send us an email inner life at relevant radio.com. father we were talking a little bit about the the struggles that we face as uh, as human beings certainly how how does friendship maybe a little bit more on how friendship plays into that and and can help us and what it's meant for in terms of bearing one another's burdens
1: sure i think you know, just realizing the fact that we're not alone. I mean, we've already referenced Genesis, you know, about it's not good for man to be alone. And I think just recognizing the fact that, yeah, life is not easy. I mean, we reference it every time we pray the rosary, right, about, you know, in this valley of tears. And just I'm struck, so every Tuesday in night prayer, the reading is from the first letter of St. Peter, uh, chapter 5. It actually cuts off just a little bit, too early for my taste okay. but it says this: Be sober, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith. Now that's where it stops in the breviary. But if you keep reading, it says, knowing that the same experience of suffering is required of your brethren throughout the world. So to remember the fact that, because I think sometimes that one of the devil's biggest traps is to make you think you're all alone. You're the only one. You're, you're mm-hmm. a weirdo because you're having this particular struggle, right? Like, and when we feel isolated, you know, it's just, it's the worst. We're not made to be alone. So you think back to, uh, I remember several years ago that the uh, planet Earth, you know, I used to love watching that show all the time. Yeah. It was so yeah. great. But it's funny, like if you look at the herds, right, the predators are always trying to isolate like one, you know, to try to get one to kind of move away from the pack. And it's that one that they attack when everybody's together, they don't really stand a chance, but it's like getting that one to like, just sort of like move off by themselves. And in this particular day and age in which we live in which we're, you know, more, as they say, more connected than ever. I mean, you and I are able to talk across great distances right now, right? I'm down in North Carolina and here we are talking, um, and yet, you know, it's like, even if we have this kind of connection, there's still a whole lot of loneliness out there. And to realize that ultimately we are not alone, that, you know, that our brothers and sisters throughout the world are also being pursued by that roaring lion that is the devil, resist him, solid in your faith, realizing that you're not the only one, that our Lord loves you, that there are brothers and sisters who care about you. And to to reach out and to recognize that, makes all the difference in the world. I'll just, mm-hmm. one other quick reference. Uh, one of my favorite books is called The Man Who Is Thursday by G.K. Chesterton. Sure, It's, yeah. it's very interesting, but there's there's one point where one of the, the main characters realizes that he's not the only one, and he says it may be conceded to the mathematician that four is twice two, but two is not twice one. Two is 2,000 times one. And mm-hmm. so, like, you know, going from being, like, what you think is isolated to knowing you have a companion, knowing that someone else knows what you're going through, it's it's one of the greatest treasures that there is. Mm, amen to that.
0: Indeed it's been uh, is it's a pleasure to speak with you father about this topic great analogy about the predators who seek to isolate and uh, and to yeah get people on their own or feeling like they're on their own thinking like they're on their own and we are connected across the miles and let me tell you if you want to help bear my burdens today father my lawn could be mowed so come on up come on up and yeah no not I appreciate at all, but,
1: that Patrick very much but I have got evening mass so oh, okay. but but thank, that, but thank you for the invitation
0: that might be a little troublesome all right let's go back to the phones we've got james who's been waiting patiently in circle pines minnesota james welcome to the program
3: oh thank you patrick thanks father eckert i just want to say also uh thank you for sharing uh your love and uh talents and uh lives with us so it's so all good <clears throat> Anyways, it gets me choked up um i just wanted to say i'm a am a cradle catholic um that's reverted uh, back to the faith, uh, thanks to the Lord's mercy and grace. And uh, Father Tracy at the Assumption in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, about uh, three, four years ago, hearing my sobbing confession. Um, and uh, just the quick reversion part, and then I'll get to the friendship. He had asked me to close my eyes and imagine uh, Jesus smiling at me. And I saw my mom's face and my dad's face and my son's face. was so good. And, uh, that's when I really knew that the Lord loved me. And from that point, I really started to uh, seek him, which I had never done. And, uh, this is a story of friendship. Then uh, later in working, uh, situations I had come across an individual who I didn't know was in Baptist faith. (laughs) I believe his parents were Catholic, um, uh, at one point and then had converted to, to Baptist faith. But um, where, where I'm going with this story is this brother, you know, walked with me, uh, introduced me, you know, to his ecclesial uh, community and um, uh, spoke to me about the Bible. I tried to read it multiple times and he was really well versed. And I found this comfort in the word, which I had never really known about. And um, what was so beautiful about it is um and I was reflecting on this this morning. I'm like, I'm like, how did, how did that happen? How did God you know, do that? And I, and I was thinking about how, you know, the tr- we're married as the bride of Christ, you know, and I thought, well, maybe these ecclesial communities are so attractive to me or was because it was maybe a safe way for me to date my faith, you know, and, <laughs> and to really say before I commit to this, this is a safe way where I'm not all in there and I maybe don't understand my faith, but what God did was, is open a door through one of our brothers um, to, to read his word and to learn the truth. And as I learned more and more truth and asked for him to reveal, I'm like, my goodness, we have such a beautiful church and book, complete book with the added, I think it's seven books, which is such a gift and all the sacraments. And he's so patient with a, with a sheep like me who <laughs> wandered off so proudly in my sin and and was you know edified uh, doing so until I got to a place where hey where is everybody um, I'm all alone or am I and that's where Father Tracy brought me back too but yeah I mean here's a here's a a brother in the Christian faith you know and and I I pray that uh, the Lord will keep working on his heart to bring him into the you know Catholic faith um, and again that's the Lord's work with him and if I can. The assistance, great, uh, but prayers are how I will help him. But what a gift, and just that's a really long story, so hopefully that made sense. But.
1: James, it did. I think it's beautiful, and uh, couldn't agree with you more about just the glories of sacred scripture, and I, I've never heard that analogy, like, dating the church, though, through mm. another ecclesial community, but James, I like it. Um, you know, because the thing is, like, I think you know, it, it's one of those things like I, I don't want to think about like inherently competitive. It's like we have the fullness of the faith, right? We're getting ready to celebrate Corpus Christi. The gospel for this Sunday comes from the sixth chapter of the gospel of John, which I don't know how you can read that in any other way, but pointing towards the Eucharist. I mean, Jesus saying my flesh is true food. My blood is true drink. Um, so it's just like it it all points towards the sacraments however you know it's like you look at as you said these different ecclesial communities you know they're on their way there's different things that you know some groups you know can kind of highlight or jump on or have this or that 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 point in the direction towards the fullness of the faith and to be able to share the treasure that's there um yeah, I'm grateful your friend was there for you at the time and helping with sacred scripture. I'm grateful you're there for him now. I also really appreciate uh, you sharing, uh, sharing with us what father Tracy said in the confessional about close your eyes and see Jesus smiling at you. And you saw, you said your, your mom and, and your kids, it's so beautiful. And that's the thing. It's like God being all in all, you know, loving us, you know, through us. And it's not like, we become drops of water in the ocean because then we would just like lose who we are. No, like God loves us so much we become more fully who we are as we, you know, live out this beautiful divine friendship, as he gives us the grace to become less and less selfish and more loving towards one another. And I'll tell you, and I'm sure I, you know, not to, to be too bold, but to speak for Father Tracy, to get to be there as a priest in those moments, to be a mediator, you know, on behalf of God to the penitent, on behalf of the penitent to God to be present for that type of resurrection and and moment of reconciliation. Oh my goodness, James. It's it's glorious. So, mm. I'm sure Father Tracy was so grateful for the gift that you gave to him in coming to that confession. Mm.
0: It's a great point, Father, one that uh, we might not occur to us, but um, indeed, it's a way of building one another up in love as well. James, thanks for the call. Really appreciate it. We're talking today about spiritual friendship. If there's someone who's in your life has really helped you move deeper into your relationship with Christ and his church, give us a call and let us know the story, 888 914 Let's go now to Pablo calling in from Washington. Pablo, welcome to the program.
2: Thank you, guys. Yeah, so my question is: uh, I know it's a uh, God first, and then neighbor, and then oneself. Well, I've always struggled with um, the neighbor because I have uh, social anxiety and uh, speaking to people, causing me great anxiety. And I want to save my life. I want to, you know, reduce my anxiety. I want to keep my blood pressure low. But I'm not, I'm not. I know I'm supposed to, you know, work my neighbor, catechize, and just uh, be a friend, right? So I want to know how to how to deal with that. Um, because I, I want to stay timid and, you know, stay in my shell. And, and, and actually, anxiety was, my, um, was a blessing because it brought me closer to God, but I still, uh, I still struggle with that love your neighbor when I don't want to. I know I should, but I don't want to because I, I get anxiety.
1: Pablo, thank you so much for, uh, for sharing that with us and just the vulnerability of sharing it on air. I know that's not an easy thing. And what I would say is remember, God doesn't ask us to do the impossible um i would say go as far as you can you know okay so you don't like being with a whole lot of other people remember you're still not isolated even if you have some like good solitude with god you are still part of the body of christ and so what i would say is okay you may not be involved in let's say directly evangelizing your neighbor sharing with them the faith but you know what you can do? You can offer up prayer and sacrifice for the people that you know are in your community, you know, for the people in your parish. Because um, those two things, I mean, you think about it after the transfiguration, you know, Jesus, Peter, James, and John come down the mountain. The other apostles were with this gentleman who has a possessed son. The apostles couldn't do anything for him. Jesus is frustrated. He drives out the demon. The apostles ask, why couldn't we take care of this? And he says, this one can only be taken care of with prayer and fasting. So even if you're not able to, like, say, jump in and get into big conversations with people or you don't feel comfortable, say, like helping out with your St. Vincent de Paul ministry in your parish or something like that, fine. But you can do prayer and fasting. I mean, you can offer up different things and that has an untold value um that yeah a lot of people aren't going to see it Pablo it's going to be mainly between you and our Lord but you know and so does our Lord what you're doing for the people that are around you so and and I would say too you know just ask for like okay Lord like if you're prompting me maybe to kind of like take a step out and maybe meet someone in the parish or to say to to your pastor like okay here's here are the difficulties I have because of my anxiety, but is there something that maybe I can take a risk and do something in the parish that you think would be good father? Like that's, that's an option too. But once again, uh, you know, sometimes to maybe take a small risk, but also I'd say do what you can with what our Lord has given you. Thank you. Yeah. Great advice. Absolutely. Pablo. Thanks for calling in.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Uh, excellent point um, that the Pablo makes that, you know, sometimes it's not it's not necessarily easy for some folks to, you know, some of us tend to be more gregarious uh, and uh, maybe easily enter into new friendships, new relationships, that sort of thing. But that's not easy for everyone. But there's no. still a role to play in the body of Christ. And there's still a way to be a friend, even if it's not uh, even if it's not engaging others in all of the uh, the face to face, you know, spending time, et cetera, et cetera. So wonderful. Thank you, Pablo, for that. Let's go now to Brenda calling in from Denver. Brenda, welcome to the show.
4: Hi, good morning, both of you. Good morning. I um just wanted to call in and talk about a friend who has become a spiritual friend in my life. He um he suffers every day. He's in extreme pain. his back. And my mom, when she passed, we've always It's always just been the two of us. And I always told Ron, I don't know what I'm going to do by myself. I'm so alone now. And he always says to me, Brenda, no matter how much pain I'm in, no matter how much you are sitting in there, you are never alone. Just look up. And remember to look up, and God is there. You are never alone. And ever since, I've met him, and I do that. I go to my Bible, and I remember that God is there. And if it wasn't for him always reminding me to just look up, I think I would have given up on God a long time ago. So he has been the best friend and spiritual leader in my life. And I just wanted to give him a national
1: platform thank you thank you brenda and you're absolutely right i mean it's it's the beauty and just like we just talked with pablo i mean no you're not alone i mean our our lord is here with us i'll tell you sometimes i i I feel for people when i go into nursing homes and there's so many tvs on all over the place and it's like perpetual noise And I think sometimes we'd be a lot better off if we just had the TVs off and just had the crucifix there, just remembering, you know, the fullness of the love that our Lord has for us, you know, that he's giving to us. And also, you know, just to see the person that's there with you. Um, and even the person who's in pain, you know, just to be there with them. Like you don't have to say anything. I mean, just, just your presence, just your looking at them. Um, means so much you know even our lord didn't like rob himself of friends along the way of the cross right you think of simon of cyrene you think of our blessed mother um you think of veronica you know the the women at the A station of the cross you know the beloved disciple and mary magdalene as well as our blessed mother at the foot of the cross like our lord even still had you know people around people who are suffering i mean our sorrowful mother you know a sword of sorrow piercing her heart and yet she's still there and i think that's the big thing is just to recognize we are not alone god loves us and he always gives us other people who are there now. Sometimes we may not even see them. Like I'm counting on Pablo to keep up those prayers, you know. And mm-hmm. and there are people we may not see. It's like our 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 cloistered uh, sister and brother friends, you know, that are that are praying uh, the church through the craziness that is this world. I mean, they're not alone. Um, they are very much. Uh, and an integral part of the body of Christ and so you know thank God that they're there that they continue like you Brenda to look up to know that our Lord is there that he's truly present with us in the Eucharist and he will not abandon us so we are not alone and, and you're right we just we ultimately don't need to be afraid
0: something extraordinarily powerful about someone who is in their own pain encouraging another to look beyond the pain so thank yeah. you Brenda thank you for the story about that that was. Yeah, very moving, very touching. And we're talking today about spiritual friendship. If there have been people in your life, like was in Brenda's life, who is able to encourage you to look up, to look to the Lord in a difficult time in life, a difficult situation you're facing, maybe you're facing it right now, give us a call, tell us the story, ask your questions, 888 again, eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine, or send us an email, at relevantradio.com We're going to take another short break, but we'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back to the Inner Life Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Thomas Engerser, who's producing the show for us today, and also Sarah Tafoy and Cyrus Simcoe, who are fielding your phone calls, who are rolling in about spiritual friendship. Any people in your life who have borne you up in difficult times, who have helped you move into a deeper relationship with God and his church, who have perhaps prompted a conversion or a reversion to the Catholic faith? Give us a call. Tell us the story. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine, or send us an email: life at relevantradio.com. Uh, Father, we, we you started mentioning, um, you know, Jesus and his friends. Who are some of the people that Jesus called friends in his lifetime?
1: Yeah. So when you read through the Gospel of John and also in Luke as well, you know, it talks about Jesus spending time at the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. You know, and even when Jesus is alerted about Lazarus's death, you know it's like or his sickness, you know, the one who you love is sick, that he's going to spend time at their house pretty frequently. Uh, it's It's a beautiful thing to contemplate, because, you know our our Lord had many people around him during his public ministry. But you know he is fully human and fully divine. And you know, especially, before the resurrection, it's not like he's just jumping from place to place. Yes, he can walk on water, but he's still just walking on water. He's not just, like, flying over it, right? Um, And he's still in just, like, one place at one time. And he he chose to have closer relationships with some, you know, like going to the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Uh, He had, like, the inner three of the twelve Twelve apostles you know you've got Peter James and John that he takes aside with him at the raising of the daughter of Jairus that he takes with him up the mountain of transfiguration that he takes with him at the agony in the garden I mean you think about that it's like in good times and in bad he's got a closer inner circle um, and of course, then he's got a little bit wider with the with the twelve apostles, and you've got even wider than that with like the the hundred and twenty disciples they're trying to pick from when when they end up picking Matthias as the replacement for Judas. You know, so it, it, with our Lord, and especially being you know like I said, fully human, he had. It's almost like, without, I hope in no way sounding irreverent, like he had more of a rapport with some people than with others. He chose yeah. to spend time with some of these people. And yeah. it's just so incredibly human. You know, he's like us in all things but sin. Yeah. And uh, so to remember that, I think, is a good thing. That we're all kind of like that. There's going to be some people that we sort of naturally gravitate to, that we can't spend time with with all, you know, 400,000 of our Facebook friends. It just it's it's not a reality, right? But to be able to be closer with some rather than others and some of those relationships look a little bit different even as they did for our Lord between Mary Martha and Lazarus and, you know, James, John and Peter.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. E- excellent point, Father, and that's actually one of the things that was going through my head too because Jesus obviously underscores the importance, the divine importance of friendship uh, here in the spiritual life. and But he also, he also gives us a little bit of hint about how to be a friend, excuse me, a friend as well. And maybe you can just talk a little bit about that is that, uh, you know, it's always great when you meet somebody new and you just find that you click. You know, you have some common interests, perhaps you have uh, good banter between the two of you. Like you said, that kind of natural rapport is there. But uh, that doesn't mean that we should necessarily narrow our friendships just to those people, right?
1: No, no. And I mean, and you just never know who our Lord is going to place in your life, too. You know, I mean, to be open to, you know, to the people that that he has passed through our life. Um, And also it's like, okay, how is this person going to help me to keep striving to grow as a saint? How am I going to help them? are we kind of, are we focused on the same things? I mean, I think that's, you know, a big part of friendship is that together, you know, we're looking at, you know, the the greater thing, like shoulder to shoulder, we're focused on our Lord. And then just how do we together help each other to grow in that? So, you know, if like, if there are friendships that you have, like, you know, like we talked about, you know, childhood friendships earlier, right. things like that, that yeah. you know, maybe there are some that we're just in a very different place. Like this person is just totally focused on some things that maybe I'm just not, you know, I'm not saying cut them out of your life and never talk to them again, but you know, at the same time, it's like, okay, how are we helping each other to grow in holiness? How are we helping each other to become the saints that our Lord has called us to be? And you know to pray for you know the grace to kind of know the difference. Um, this is a silly example, but I'll just kind of throw it out there. So sure. I I subscribe to the the Apple Music app, right? because I like just having access to all sorts of different things. And I've noticed it's like when you look at like their different icons for different genres of music. Holy cow! Some of these icons, it's like I don't have anything to do with this. It just looks dark and scary. And mm-hmm. I know if I listen to that, I'm going to just start to go down. Um, So it's like I want to make sure that what I'm listening to, what I'm putting in my mind is something good that's going to help me. I think on a certain level, you know, when it comes to friendships, like, okay, as I come together with this person, like, do we have kind of the same, like, outlook? Are we striving for similar things? I'm not saying, like, you know, like, perfectly so and, like, this person already has to be a saint. None of us are saints. We're all fallen. But at the end of the day, are we striving to get to the same place, you know, mm-hmm. and, and are we going to help each other to do that? Um, like early on, I think it was Alberto mentioned, you know, like getting together with the Exodus 90 group, right? Like hopefully Mm -hmm. there were some really good friendships that were built out of that. Sometimes our Lord gives us the gift of having those kind of people right within our own family. Some of my like happiest recent memories are staying up far too late when I visit my brother um, up in Iowa, like playing darts and pool, talking about good old times, but also talking about, you know, the meaning of life and striving for me to be a good priest, him to be a good husband and father, what that looks like in the workplace, you know, and all these things. It's a glorious thing. And yeah. to be able to do that together is such an incredible gift. Um, but, you know, like if you're getting together with someone and just the whole point is just, I don't know, pleasure, power, but, uh, you know, like all like just just having a good time. OK, you know, you're going to have some people like that in you life, but it's, Ultimately, it's like, am I helping this person? Or are they helping me to grow in holiness? Because mm-hmm. ultimately, that's the true adventure, fulfillment, glory of life. And when you're helping each other to do that, I mean, there there are few gifts that are better than that.
0: Mm-hmm. Great wisdom from our spiritual director, Father John Eckerd, pastor of Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Salisbury, North Carolina. Let's squeeze in one more phone call here before the end. Denny is calling in from Mesa, Arizona. Denny, just a couple of minutes left, but what have you got for us?
5: I, 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 well, it's pretty pretty interesting. Uh, I, I'm a convert from uh, like kind of like a hedonist, uh, uh, spiritualist, naturalist lifestyle. To uh, I ended up going from the homeless, being homeless because of my drug addiction, to uh, to prison, and just the, in that process, just the Lord convinced me of the Bible, and you know that His He's true, and so in my journey, I get, got out of prison went to, like, a a Protestant homeless uh, shelter, uh, Christian discipleship program for a year, and just uh, and that every step of the way uh, from my journey to to fully embrace the full faith in the Catholic Church, just God, even as a Protestant, put people in my life to meet me where I was at, to embrace me and to just carry me along the way because I wouldn't have been able to do it without those people in my life to where... And then I met my wife, and she... And our she's a revert, and in her uh, in her journey, uh, God called her you know to come back to the faith. And we broke up probably like twenty times in our dating relationship over over faith. And then through her prayers and my sister in law, I think I really believe. Sorry, I get a little emotional. Because I'm just grateful with the the church and the Eucharist and just. our... He has always put people in my life, and I just want to compliment that that one guy with the social anxiety. I, I have, I have social anxiety too, but I'm also an extrovert. But I'm a, I'm a bit uh, peculiar, uh, you know. Denny, to let me. I'm sorry to cut life.
0: in on you, Denny, but i um, great. Great testimony to the friends in your life and the way that the Lord has worked through them. I want to give Father just a, a few seconds to respond, though. Father, what do you say to Denny?
1: Danny, it's beautiful. And and I appreciate you bringing up, like you said, just, just where you've come from and that different people along the way have helped so much. You know, when I think when it comes to our Catholic faith, it is a treasure and I'm grateful to have it. I want to share it with the whole world. Some people don't quite like have the full treasure yet, but it doesn't mean that like they have nothing, right? I mean, they they participate in the fullness of the faith. People helping you through there was an incredible gift and thank you for pointing to that. And, you know, folks, don't be afraid to look wherever our Lord is always trying to reach out to us. Even when we're far away, he knows how to come find us just like the shepherd after the lost sheep.
0: Ah, Excellent. Excellent. Denny, again, thank you for the phone call. Sorry we had to cut you a little bit short there, but we've reached the final minute here of the program as we're talking about spiritual friendship. And Father, we'd love a blessing so that we might go out and be good friends and make good friends as well.
1: You got it, Patrick. The Lord be with you. And with your your spirit. spirit. Through the intercession of St. James, John, and Peter, St. Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, may our Lord help us to find good friends and to be good friends. And may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Amen. Father John Eckert from Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Salisbury, North Carolina, has been our spiritual director today on Spiritual Friendship. If you missed a part of the program, go back and listen on the show page at RelevantRadio.com. Remember to be a friend of Pope Francis and uphold him in prayer as he's undergoing surgery today. Mass coming up next with Father Rich Getchel. Tomorrow on the program, we're going to focus in on the corporal works of mercy. Lots to be gained there, so hope you can join us. Until then, grace and peace.